Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. The text that Joel is saying, it, it goes beyond the boundaries of nationality and geography to, to declare that there will no longer be any spiritual distinctions between men and women, between old and young, between servants and free, uh, or, or some sort of specially spiritually gifted priesthood and ordinary laity. There is no exclusion in Joel's prophecy. All can receive the Holy Spirit spirit, not just a select few. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from the book of Acts, the second chapter going to be reading verses 1 through 21. Again, that is the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. I'm going to be reading the New International Version of God's Word. Let's, uh, let's see what it has to say for us today, amen? Hear ye the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthenians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. 
even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. O oh Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this opportunity to gather once again in your name. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word, Lord God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight and allow me to point people to Jesus so that those who have a desire to know Christ and the pardon of their sins will ask what must I do to become saved. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I would like to talk a little bit about Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. I am interested in power. I'm interested in the power we use to energize devices like cell phones, cars, computers, and many other items. Uh, I, I imagine my interest in energy is why I wanted to be an electrical engineer growing up and would tinker with all kinds of electrical things. And I respect anyone who works in those fields dealing with power and powerful elements, electricians, engineers, uh, those who work in power plants. I respect all those uh, professions, probably because they've been around for a long time. Um, 200 years before the birth of Christ, they started coal mining in China. And about 800 years later, uh, the first windmill was constructed in Iran, and uh, uh, human beings have always needed power. And for centuries, they've pulled it both uh, from the ground and from the air. Around uh, 1700, uh, the Maori people began to use geothermal power for cooking. And uh, in 1868, the first modern solar power plant was built in Algiers. Uh, we like to think about geothermal power and, and solar power as new technologies, but they're not. Uh, today's technology works on the same old principles. Just, we just have new ways to use it. The Bible tells us that there is nothing new under the sun. And so we are always searching for and figuring out ways to use power. Uh, and we join the disciples in their dealing with power uh, seven weeks in the text, rather seven weeks after the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus or 50 days after 
uh, that called Pentecost. You see, Pentecost is shorthand uh, for the festival that was celebrated on the 50th day after Passover. And it's one of the three uh, pilgrim festivals. You could look in Exodus 23, Exodus 34, and Deuteronomy 16 to see them. And, and, and so you have the followers of Jesus that are gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate this Jewish holiday called Pentecost, or also called the Feast or Festival of Weeks. It's a harvest festival, and it's time to give thanks uh, for the gift of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. And the people of God are thankful for this law, which gave them inspiration and structure for their lives. Uh, the law was for them in that moment their own power plant. You see, the Feast of Weeks is a festival, so the town is full of travelers, and it's also full of immigrants. Uh, and the disciples, the ones who walked and talked with Jesus, were there. And they had continued to do their thing, but they continued to do it privately. They were still, the disciples still off to themselves, not necessarily connecting with the outsiders. The church folk were still being private. And, and the church folk needed power and that Power was about to come to them. The apostles, the disciples, the followers of the way they needed power and they got it unexpectedly. In that private worship where they were together in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came on them and gave them power. The Holy Spirit entered a house full of Jesus' followers and it created a new kind of power, a power that filled the apostles with new life and enabled them to start communicating with a diverse group of people, to speak boldly to large crowds and fulfill the prophecy of Joel. The Spirit generated a more energetic and vibrant community of faith connected in new ways with the surrounding community. This new thing was predicted. This outpouring of the Holy Spirit was anticipated by John the Baptist in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, and, and Jesus as well in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, and then in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and verse 8. And so Peter told the crowd uh, that God's spirit was going to change their lives for the better. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions. And so with this new source of power, there are a few things that I saw in the text that we could take from it, and I'll share them with you, and I'll take my seat. The first thing that they can do is embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the church say embrace. Put embrace in the comments. You see, the disciples didn't run from the Holy Spirit. Uh, they didn't run from what the Holy Spirit could do. They embraced 
the work of the Holy Spirit to further the church. <laughs> New things can be scary. Getting too much too soon can be hard to deal with when you are used to routine and ritual and doing the same thing over and over again. The disciples got a taste of this new thing, this Holy Ghost power, and they didn't say, uh, this is not how we normally do stuff, so let's quit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and started acting like it. The Bible says that tongues of fire came and rested on all of them. Have, have you ever been touched by fire? Have you ever been in the, the kitchen and, and, and touched one of the eyes on the stove, not knowing it? It will make you move in a way you didn't used to move. <laughs> it might make you say some things you don't normally say. But when the power, the fire, the, the, it comes on you, you are changed. You don't operate the same way. They didn't let their lack of qualifications hold them back either. Peter could have easily said, I denied Jesus three times, so I'm not qualified to do this work. The other disciples could have said, you know what? When they were crucifying Jesus, I, re I, I ran and hide. Hid. So I'm not qualified to do this, but one of my favorite phrases that is repeated over and over again all through the book of Acts is Peter filled with the Holy Spirit did something. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said something. The Holy Spirit came on Peter. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit which allowed him to speak to all those people and to respond to those haters that thought he was just drunk. Embrace the Holy Spirit. Embrace the move of the Holy Spirit. Embrace the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't just shut down and not do anything. The second thing that you can do that I see in the text is birth and broaden the church. Birth and broaden the church. Acts chapter 2 is considered the birth of the church. The, the church's birthday, if you will. But it is also the broadening of the church. Ah, the text says that everybody heard it in their own language. Everyone was able to understand. The disciples did not require the outsiders to learn their language before they would start talking to them about God. The Holy Spirit made a way so that the outsiders heard what they needed to hear in their own language. The Holy Spirit made a way so that the, the disciples were speaking the other people's languages to them. So the people who weren't born and raised in the church were able to hear about the goodness of God and the wonders of Jesus in the language that they understood. Uh, I just got back from our annual conference. It's our, our denomination's large gathering. And I heard confirmation from the leadership about something that I, I have been struggling with and chewing on in my spirit for the last few months. 
based on the state of our churches, the state of society at large, what's going on across the country, what's going on in these cities, these states, what's going on across the world. One of the leaders of the denomination got up and said that every church is going to have to start operating like they are a brand new church. Every church is going to have to operate like they are a brand new church plant if they expect to survive. No matter how old the church is, no matter how long the members have been there, you are going to have to treat it like it is a brand new church from scratch. That is the only way these churches are going to be able to survive and thrive. That means we're going to have to do some new things. That means we're going to have to deal with some new people. And so when Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and talking to those people and was quoting the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 24, that was an inclusive prophecy from the 9th century B.C. prophet. He, it, it, Joel was describing the true nature of the new age that has now dawned with the Holy Spirit's arrival. You see, the, 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 the text that Joel is saying, it, it goes beyond the boundaries of nationality and geography to, to declare that there will no longer be any spiritual distinctions between men and women, between old and young, between servants and free, uh, or, or some sort of specially spiritually gifted priesthood and ordinary laity. There is no exclusion in Joel's prophecy. All can receive the Holy Spirit, not just the select few. When Joel was writing that prophecy, he was in a country that was oppressed. He was in a country that had some political turmoil going on. There was some division between the people based on what was going on politically. And Peter reached back to grab that scripture of all scriptures with the help of the Holy Spirit to tell the people that there is a new age going on and there's going to be some people around that you may not have been used to. Some people around that you don't think should be in church. Some people around that can do some work for the kingdom they just don't have to be prejudged birth and broaden the church if you don't like that maybe Maya Angelou will help you out a little bit she said it's time for parents to teach young people early that in diversity there is beauty and there is strength it's time for parents to teach young people early on that there is in that in diversity there is beauty and there is strength god created a powerhouse on pentecost which gave the apostles a clean and sustainable energy source but unlike coal or oil or natural gas uh, uh, the Holy Spirit does not contribute to climate change. And unlike the wind of the air, this Holy Spirit energy is constantly blowing. And, and, and unlike the geothermal energy source, it does not require drilling. And unlike solar, it's available even on cloudy days. All we got to do to get this Holy Spirit power is to ask 
for it. And this spiritual power is needed today if we are going to be a part of a church that brings life and joy and hope to the world. Because men and women have been drawn to the way since the church's earliest days. They have tapped into the source of power that goes, that comes rather from beyond themselves. This is a power that is not found primarily in programs or policies or institutions, but in the whole Holy Spirit of God. This Pentecost power, this Holy Ghost power is an energy source that can keep people burning with the love of God and those people around them while radiating warmth and light in a cold, dark world. We can be a part of the Christian way, turning our church into a powerhouse. We can do this if we open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, an energy source that gives us both the courage and the ability to connect to other people in life-giving ways, birth and broaden the church. And the last thing that we can do if we want to access and work with this Holy Spirit power is the call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. The Bible says those who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. It's by that name that we'll be able to do things we haven't been able to do. It's by that name that we'll be able to make a change in the community. It's by that name because there is power in that name. There is healing in that name. Demons tremble at that name. There is a name. I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. The name that can save. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for this word that went forth, for those who heard it and those who will hear it, that if there is one that does not know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of their sins, that wants to tap into this Holy Ghost power, that they will ask, what must I do to become saved? Lord God, we, with this message, have planted a seed We ask that that seed be in good soil and produce a great harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold. It is in your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.